man. I was really self-conscious about singing. Growing up, I did have a speech impediment, so like, I've always been self-conscious about my voice. I had a little incident where the teacher was like, read in front of the class. No, no. And I couldn't say, like, I could not say the word. When you're like six or seven, you don't really know anything that's different about your peers until somebody points it out. And that teacher pointed it out in front of the whole class, and that's kind of when the bullying started. How did you kind of like get past that? I don't know if I have. Like, any time I hear my voice still, I kind of, like, think back to that moment. I let a little thing, like not being able to pronounce an R, get in my way for so many years. So that kind of spiraled me into being a socially awkward person, which led me to being a lovable weirdo. So, you know, thanks. <laughs> Mary, from one socially awkward person to potentially another listening. Uh, I heard this, I felt this. And yeah, it usually is somebody else pointing it out to you. And then it becomes a problem until it's not a problem anymore. Yeah, I feel like it's the like, it's this moment, whether it's like a speech impediment, or it's quote unquote, acting gay, or it's something that's mm. different. There's that awakening moment we all have as a kid where it's like, oh, there's something wrong, there's something different. And then you kind of just continue life walking on the sprain. You know what I mean? Like you're, the bone never heals. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. The bone, you're right. But, I mean, you could also argue that the bone kind of grows back stronger. Well, yeah. In a way. That's, and I think that's the thesis here is like, okay, well, this certainly broke something in me. But, the, you know, what grew back and who grew back, you know, is the delightful weirdo you have in front of you today, which I think is a nice and happy ending to a common narrative, you know? I, it is a nice ending. I don't know if it's always true. I, I think we can see that when people code switch, when they don't have to. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it, it just makes me think, like, imagine if gay men talk to each other without lowering their voices when they first meet each other. Oh, especially if you're hooking up? Oh, my goodness. It's like... You know, you, you, he opens the door and he's Tom Selleck. And then once everybody comes and says goodbye, he's Leslie Jordan. It's like, just be Leslie. He's <laughs> Steve Gutenberg. Yeah, yeah. God, if you're lucky. Oh, if you're lucky, you get the Gutenberg. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's very true. It's like, bye, girl, you know, at the end. Mm -hmm. And then when, they, when you open the door, it's like, hey, what's up? Oh, my God. What it <laughs> reminds me of this. I saw a screenshot from, like, somebody on Grindr, Grindr where the guy was like, um you know it basically was like are you mask and then the response was like absolutely sis or something like that and i just <laughs> i don't know that uh so yeah i mean you know it but i'll tell you you know I, on that note i feel like and maybe this is people younger than us or whatever but like i see more and more of people just like painted fingernails and clack fans and like faggy poses on the pier and it's mm. like and it's just like here's what it is baby and it's an interesting shift where that's being presented on the outset next to headless torsos and bare face and mask pose certainly correct like that's all still there yeah you still see like oh i only you know i want this type of person uh you know it's more physical these days it seems like on the apps um but Certainly when 
I don't know, when new people are hanging out, there's this like peacocking that happens. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I guess it also depends on location. Um, Because I don't want to say like some people are just masks. Some people just have lower voices. Some people don't, you know, kiki like that, quote unquote. But, um, you know, which is interesting when I think about this mini challenge for Canada. But I, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I, yeah, there, you, you want to be a part of it. And if you're if you're just not, you're just not. You don't have to do all of that. You don't have to be into drag race if you're a gay man, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think there is something about like we have so many conversations about like acting mask and dropping our voices and doing all that. But there is the other side of it is like some of us are just not kiki queens, you know? Like yep. I don't and this is not me saying, Oh, I'm super mask, I'm I'm whatever. I'm so you I'm I'm whatever this is. But I'm not a kiki queen queen i don't i will never clack a fan and it's just not the kind of drag i do and i would never want to put that on because it would be really uncomfortable because it's just not who i am and mm. i think that th th yeah th that's not to say like oh yeah i walk in the room and everyone's like where's your girlfriend you know it's mostly like hey sis but i I think there is also a lot of that in between we're like okay no i'm not a jock on the rugby team and i'm not you know, uh, clack fans on the pier. So many people are just some variation in the middle, you know? But when you were just growing up, like, obviously, it, I, do you remember, like, Irma, like, when that was pointed out to you? I think for me it was, it was around the time that I was realizing I was gay, and then it was, I mean, yeah, absolutely, because I, I, like got into a fight with some kids and you know they started spreading rumors that i was gay and then everyone all the boys were being mean to me rumors well i know i was like <laughs> nice gaydar boys uh don't put it you know don't waste it honey uh and at the same time i started hanging out with all the girls because god bless the girls and yeah women yeah uh. and so i that and that just perpetuated it obviously and so that was the real awakening of like oh no you need to stop dressing like because there were I, I went through a very awkward phase like that i'm almost like embarrassed to look at of like i used to wear the faggiest things i used to really buy sh oh yes i will find pictures i used to buy these like fag atrocious fag atrocious fag atrocious like oh my god like awful looking shirts from like stores in the mall that like guys in the 90s would go shop at before going to hunkabunka you know what i mean oh okay like at le chateau it was like um maybe not as like restrained it was more of like uh i can't even think of like i remember there was this one shirt that i had that was basically like neon green and kind of spandexy and had a zipper at the neck it was so I'm like, oh you little faggot was, oh, i know it's delicious it was so gay and i can't like i wore that to easter at my grandparents there's pictures <laughs> And part of me is so embarrassed. And part of me was like, go off, sis. Oh, God. Hallelujah. That's right. I Christ know. Died. Christ has risen. Christ has risen. <laughs> Christ will come again. <laughs> I know. The body is here. <laughs> For the Lord God omnipotent. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what can I say? Um, oh, my God. Well, you know, I, my sixth grade math teacher, also my homeroom teacher, I'm going to call her out by name because fuck that bitch. Good. Her name was Mrs. Lacasio. She was the younger wife, the new wife of Mr. Lacasio at my school. Um, he, I guess, divorced his wife and then married this 
young new woman who, you know, all of a sudden got a job at the same school. Mm. Um, anyway, so she, <laughs> whatever, fuck her. Yeah. She, she would always point out how I would wear all these like theater shirts. Like my mom would always buy me the shirt whenever we'd go see a Broadway show or she'd go see a Broadway show, right? Mm -hmm. So like I wore Les Miserables, I wore Phantom, I wore Cats, I wore Ragtime, like I wore the shirts. And she would always point it out whenever I'd have a new one. She'd be like, oh, another shirt today, John, another shirt. Mm. And then in my yearbook, she even wrote, she's like, I've never seen so many Broadway shirts in my life. And you know, the intention isn't, I don't think it was malice. I don't. I think she knew, but I don't think it was malice. And by pointing it out, pointing out that difference without celebrating it, it left it open to interpretation for young sixth graders. Yeah, of course. Of course. Like if you just point out, you know, you just put the spotlight on someone, yep. especially when you're an awkward sixth grader. It's like, oh, my God, a fat one. At yeah. That. And so like the default is not to start like tap dancing in the, in the limelight. But, you know, uh... <laughs> <laughs> tap dancing in the limelight for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Some serious moonlight. Show, uh, yeah, serious moonlight. I was in show choir, uh, so that I did enough of that. Right. Like, I outed myself, um, but at the same time, I outed myself when I got dressed in the morning. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, right. I, I woke up but, and chose homosexuality. Yeah. Yes, but it was. It, it's interesting to hear a common thread of teachers, whether you're straight or not. Um, because bullying can happen if you're not gay, right? Obviously, with Irma, he didn't have to be gay to be made fun of for having, you know, that type of lisp. Um, you know, it, it could be somebody who's fat, right? Like teachers pointing that out, a gym teacher, for mm -hmm. instance, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but but I, I do like the kind of, I mean, I think it's it's not without a lot of effort and some duress, but I think Irma Gerd is a really interesting example of someone who has found the kind of, I, I think being a lovable weirdo comes with its, you know, thorns as much as its roses. It's Absolutely. Yeah, I do. But yeah. I feel like there is something in this narrative that she's talking about where her drag name is almost like a celebration of her speech impediment. It's actually leaning into pronouncing uh -huh. R's that right. I think oh is my God. right. That I think is like the the thing that kind of that I love the most is is you know, going back to that Easter Sunday shirt, it's like make a dress out of it, honey. Like mm -hmm. celebrate it because I think yeah. that's the only way you get over this shit. That's the only way to do it. I think yeah. of Trixie Mattel using her name Trixie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, it's it's similar in that sense of like, yeah, I'm just gonna fucking wear it then, Dad. You know, right? And I'm gonna like, I'm gonna make everyone love it, and I'm gonna like make millions off of it. So, right? <laughs> you know, right. Um, right. and I just think there is something to that. I think about that a lot. Of all of the things I wake up in the middle of the night being ashamed of as a kid, and it's like, well, what good is that doing? Why don't you just why don't you just celebrate it? Like, who cares what your uncle thought when you showed up at Easter with that shirt on? Who cares? Yeah, no. I, I mean, your uncle, right. For right. Sure. Like, oh, please. I could go on all day. Yeah. Bob's your uncle. Yeah, Isn't that right. The yeah, yeah. Nice sweater vest, Bob. <laughs> uh, so anyway, yeah, I, I really liked this kind of backstory. I think especially with one of the indoor kids, I thought this was a really great kind yeah. of origin story of how indoor kids get to be indoor kids socially awkward adults, mm -hmm. it comes from being told that you're different. Yeah. Yeah. And then having to find a way to like turn the stain into a design. Oh my God. I love 
design stains. Yeah, design stains. <laughs> the sta- yeah, well, we'll work on that. Designing stains. Yeah, designing uh, stains. I, I can't quite it's not designing it, yeah. women. It's just the stains <laughs> on the couch. Oh, from too much semen. Probably. Yeah. I mean, God, semen, have you seen Dixie stains. Carter, you know? Yeah, well, I have seen Dixie Carter, and I wish I hadn't. Yeah, well, let me tell you, that woman, that woman, she could, she could stain. stay the couch. <laughs> Yeah, Ermagerd, I, I have to tell you at the top before we kind of dive in, uh, I don't think should have been at the bottom. Mm-mm. Just going to say it. Yep. And uh, she, it, was, it was a great lip sync. So I know. I, like, I, am, I have to say, I mean, I know there's not many episodes left, but I'm um, kind of done with the olives at the end of every episode of Canada's Drag Race. You know, oh, because you don't like olives. I don't like olives. Right. You know, it's like yeah. a, you know, I'm just I'm digging in. It's like eating a, you know, cold stone bowl. I got my birthday cake remix. Oops, there's olives at the end. Yeah, or like a hair. Or a hair. Yeah, I I can't even think of what would be worse at this point. Yeah. Did I ever tell you I was? Uh, oh God, what was it called? Oscar Wilde in Chicago. It was this brunch restaurant, or I went there for brunch, and I ordered I'd order an omelet. I was with my boyfriend and his friends. It was delicious. I think it was like St. Patrick's Day or Pride or some holiday. So it was really busy. I ordered an omelet. It was so good. It was like spinach, cheese, whatever. And I get like about three quarters done. And then I see like these little bits of ham in it. And (gasps) I don't eat meat. Not ham. Oh. So how much ham could you have eaten already? You know? Exactly. I have no idea. I'm sure I would have known. I don't think I did. But... My whole appetite was ruined at the thought that I did. Mm-hmm. And since I was like with my boyfriend and his friends, I didn't want to like cause a stink. I didn't want to because, you know, they were, they were, you know, I, my ex was a vegetarian, so he totally understood. Mm-hmm. But like everybody's having a good time. And meanwhile, I'm like, oh, my God, I feel like I'm going to be sick. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what to do. So I was like, uh, so I, I, I told I told my ex, Andrew, and. He was like, oh, we should get that taken off the bill. I'm like, oh, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Right. No, don't let me make a scene. I mean. And then the, the waiter was like, okay, give me your plate. And, and I was like, why are you upset? Like, right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. And, and, and then a- Andrew, being the, the nice boyfriend he was, he was like, uh, yeah, we don't think, we, we hope we c- you can take that off the bill. You don't need to bring another one, though. And the waiter was like, okay. And it was like, fine. Mm-hmm. But I was all stressed out about it. Anyway, I don't know why I'm saying, oh, because of the hair. Yes, it ruined the whole day. Yes. <laughs> so there is a bit of ham in our season three omelet <laughs> is what we're coming to. And we are, we don't want a refund, but I, uh, I swear to God, if you crown Becky, I'm done with this season. I'm done. I don't think they. I don't think they are. No, I don't. The think so edit, even this episode, was still poking fun at her, even to a performative sense, like a Tyra Sanchez, like, yep. no, let's film Becky alone in the workroom, looking around, like, let's do that mm-hmm. shot. Like, I feel like this is very, you know, the, the the Becky the villain is very producer heavy, which is fine. Um, but I, I think that's like top three energy. I just don't think that that's going to happen. Um, I will say. You know, I the other the, the one that was in the bottom was Jada, Mary. At the top of the show, before even we 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 break off and say goodbye to our free skaters, I just gotta say, I know there there's mixed feelings on Jada, but if there is anyone in the cast that I want to meet and be friends with, it's Jada. 
I just think mm-hmm. she comes across as so warm and friendly and open. She has no time, low-key, for her little sister Becky. I love her talking heads. And I'm glad that she's still here. Yeah, I think Jada is great reality TV. I think it is incredible that you can not be sent home for jorts, you know? I, oh, Mary. I'll just say that, but I understand that Canada chooses olives. So <laughs> who am I to question that? But I really like Jada's personality. I think she seems like a, a real goose. I love that she got fucked by a ghost. Um, oh, I love that she got, yes. Jada Shada and the fucking Phantom. Yeah. That's the, that's the, 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 the Judy Bloom book. <laughs> right, right. Are you there, ghost? It's me, Jada. Jada Shada and the fucking Phantom. I can see the cover. It's like a little cartoon middle schooler Jada, you know, and the, the Phantom's humping her. Yeah, right. And she's like, you know, she's in bed looking back and it's like, oh, he's here. <laughs> and then the tagline is he comes at night, you know? <laughs> Oh God! Creak, creak, squeak, squeak. Yeah, yeah no, squish, squish, yeah. <laughs> squish, squish, bish. Yeah, uh, for sure. Well, listen, Irma. It it's really heartbreaking. I really loved her. I thought she was very creative. I loved her runways. Um, even this week's runway, my God, um, she looked like Drac Morta. How did they send Drac Morta home? I you know. know what I mean, Mary? Well, I mean, it's like, and she's wearing like the spiritual cousin to Lady Boom Boom's last look. They just mm. don't like pipes and wires, you know. There was like a hunger. No, wait, no, I'm thinking of Vivian with her makeup. But yes, mm-hmm. no, the pipes and wires. You're right. You're right. Absolutely. Drac Morta. Uh, anyway, Irma, gone too soon. I think sixth place, though, is the sweet spot. It's a good place to land. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Well, Mary, let's let's jump in. But before we do, tell our Marys what they're listening to. Well, they are, of course, listening to another episode of All Right, Mary. All right, Mary. All right, Mary. Which is, of course, our podcast dedicated to all things draggy, queeny, campy, and queer. I'm Johnny, and who gonna check me, boo? And I'm Colin, and that's right. This is a Housewives-themed challenge this week. Including a who's gonna check me, boo quote. Uh... Yeah, and apparently you did not realize this, but I have been swimming in the Housewives references for this week, and I can't wait to queen out on them. But of course, yeah. that will only be with our, you know, our uh, Patreons, our Matreons. So if you are a Free Skate Mary, uh, and you are a Housewives fan who picked up on all the Easter eggs, maybe this is the week to join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash allrightmary for our full discussion of Squirrel's Trip, the Rusical. All right, Marys, we'll pop off a tay and we'll see you over there. Yeah, you're beautiful. Tot scenes. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. When it comes right down to it, how we care for our minds is as important as how we care for our bodies. And that's to say nothing of how we care for our cats. Getting enough sleep, learning new skills, meditating, listening to All Right, Mary. These are all great investments in your long-term well-being. There's also BetterHelp Online Therapy. Mary, rumor has it that you love talking about therapy. I do love talking about therapy, and I love talking in therapy. And with BetterHelp, there's the added benefit of doing it from the comfort of my own couch. BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. 
Whichever option works for you, it's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. And because this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, our listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash AllRightMary. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash AllRightMary. AllRightMary. All right, we're going to switch gears now and talk about the girl group challenge for Drag Race Down Under this season, Bosom Buddies. Maybe just have a breathe. Yeah. Reboot. Yeah. It's my thing. Like, I'm, I'm definitely a mother. Yes, I want everyone to have a great time. Yes, I want to be sisters with everyone, but I don't have sisters that are, like, delusional and project on people. Like, no. I've got my own bullshit to deal with. Come on. I'm spiraling really quickly and it's beyond difficult to get me out of this headspace when I get into the spiral. I literally felt like I was just getting my head above water and I feel like I'm starting to drown. But I am a consummate professional. This situation is not foreign to me. You know, many times I go on stage and I have to pull my shit together and deliver the Queen Kong that people expect because no one gives a fuck that you've had a bad day. I have to pull my shit together and project this beacon of power and light and fun which is not the reality. I'm slapping on a smile and performing like a dancing monkey because, you know, it's just what, what I'm used to, you know. You're literally witnessing what it means to be Queen Kong. It's my reality. Shout out to all of the teachers, all of the performers, all of the conductors, leaders that have to literally perform okayness for people i mean i i think this was so interesting probably you know a, a shining moment of the season so far was like you know it's certainly to your point anyone who needs to kind of uh quote unquote perform in front of a group of people but i think this lens of like you know i have to slap on a smile and perform like a dancing monkey because that's just mm. and it's like especially someone who is their quote unquote brand is just as if as if they were born to be a drag queen and they just, yep. you know, uh, they're always just thriving and they're, and they're, you know, nothing but a fountain of, of love and support. They're a maternal figure, which we'll talk about. Uh, oh, it's so interesting when someone is painted that way to then see this kind of contrast. Well, I think of kind of a reckoning that happens with drag race girls, drag race performers, when they get off the show, right? Because it's like, well, you're supposed to be a role model. Oh, you're supposed to, when I see you out and you don't want to say hi to me and, and have your picture taken with me and you're not like in a great mood to see me, fuck you, you're awful. There's this idea that that drag queens are only, it's only what you, you we only want what we see on the stage. We don't want to think about the very sad person that walks off stage, right? Or the person that like is literally scraping to get by. Yeah. Right? When they walk off stage, I think about comedians that are often like not that happy in real life, you know? Well, sure. Right. I mean, and that's especially with comedians. That's always kind of the underside is like, oh, they're just like performing the other side of the coin, you know, being a lot of pain, you know, like they're just turning mm -hmm. it into jokes. And I think, you know, in in, in this situation, it's like um, what it makes me think of is the most recent episode of Ebony and Irony and Monet and Bunny were talking about, you know, kind of as Drag Race has evolved as a show, the way that 
some of the audience has also evolved to recognize that it is just a TV show and right. that, you know, Monet was saying like there was a point Not bad at comedy, right? Well, yeah. And like, and that whoever, whatever you did on the show, people would then expect that's what you're good at. And whatever you did mm. not do well on the show, you could never be good at. And you had to right. just be what people saw on the show. And I think that that's, you know, yeah, that carries over where it's like, this is, this is my fantasy version of you. How dare you betray that? Yeah, and there's a lot of pressure. I think I think there's a lot of pressure that uh, audiences put on drag queens, but also that drag queens put on themselves. We heard this in the UK, or was it UK versus the world, when they were talking about like, oh, well, we're we're the center of the community. We're supposed to, you know, be the leaders. We're supposed mm -hmm. to throw the first brick. Mm -hmm. When it's like, no, that you you don't have to do that. You actually don't have to be political because by whatever you like getting dressed up and performing like that is already a political act. Like it's not, it's already an act of subversion by doing what you're doing. You just are stuck in a bubble right now. Right. But like if you went to, you know, rural Oklahoma and you did what you did, it would be, uh, it would be already a beacon of hope. Even yeah. if you just performed a Gaga song, just showing you know? up and just doing this. Right. 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 It doesn't have to then be like being out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It doesn't have to be this whole platform that you then, you know, uh, speak on. Uh, yeah, I, I, I will say as someone that, you know, has struggled with depression in the past, but also had to have, you know, a job, right? Like teaching every day, every day, like 7 a.m. being on and joyful and at 100 um, for the sake of the students that, you know, are in the midst of adolescence or whatever their home life is. You want to be positive for them. I get also that you're also pulling yourself out of whatever you're in by escaping to this character. And it takes a lot of energy because I, I, I hear what Queen Kong is saying. Queen is saying, well, I have to, you know, be this power and light and this fun and whatever. But I think that's also good for the performer sometimes to escape to, oh, right. I, I, I also... It, it can just go away for a second. Yeah, and I guess there, there might even be a time when people talk about, like, if you're dealing with depression, that, like, volunteering is actually, like, a yeah. great way to kind of, you know, you might think you have no energy, but it's the, the giving gives back. And, mm. um, but, at, you know, I think in this in this situation, it was kind of like what the impression I was getting was, like, Queen Kong is often giving from a, a an account that's in debt. You know what I mean? Like already, yeah, yeah, that's already in debt, and so it's like you know whatever you get back from the audience might just bring you back to baseline. Yeah, and in this particular episode, she had just had like kind of an argument with Beverly. Congratulations to Beverly. Congratulations to Beverly. Oh, we got to get that on the soundboard. I forgot about that. Oh, we don't have it no. yet. That's right. Um, congratulations to Beverly. Um, she. And yeah, I think th that just kind of brought her down. Yeah, it, it, Queen Kong has been an interesting narrative all season because like she came in with such a reputation and, you know, kind of struggled to meet that. And then I feel like even now, like mid-season, like there's this kind of story they're pushing that, okay, Queen Kong has arrived. But even of her own admission, it's like, well, not really. Like I'm actually really struggling to quote unquote arrive in this competition. And I think that's, it, it's just a, it's a surprisingly nuanced view of a queen especially on a season that otherwise has had some pretty janky editing and production i'm like <laughs> surprised they captured this so well mm, totally i i want to kind of go a little off the rails here i'm i'm curious what your response to this is what about 
kind of the sentiment of, I don't know, it's it's kind of like in the workplace now, but buck up, buttercup. Like, you, you got to go to work. You got to go to work. You got to get over it. L- listen, Beverly said some stupid things to you or, like, you got in a little tiff with Beverly. You have to be able to move on. I mean... Not that Queen can't, but it's also like, girl, get over it. Yeah. I, you know, I think there's, especially in this situation, and especially because that's basically what Beverly has to do on the other side of this fight, is, like, put aside... Because, I mean obviously we'll get into it but like i i had a hard time not sympathizing with beverly because they were kind of being jerks of like oh look at you doing your choreography it's like well then don't be a bitch then don't be a bitch and you won't get someone being mean to you right queen kong Mm -hmm. you know and so like there was a part of me that was like well you decided to be shady at least in the edit that we were shown and then she snapped back and now you're in your feelings it's like well like i don't see i don't think that like I think Queen had a hand in in the headspace she's now in, in this situation, you know? I agree. I do think that Beverly made it worse when they were kind of debriefing the next day, right before this clip, when, and this is, this also very well could have been the clip of the week, but she kind of threw, Beverly, I feel like, kind of threw this in her face of like, you were supposed to be motherly, and you're not very motherly to me. Well, that is, yeah. So that's where I think this gets weird because I all, and they, they only really kind of hint at it in Queen's Talking Heads, but when she says, you know, when she's using words like motherly, and that's very dangerous to me, it's like there's so much being implied and saying, well, Queen oh Kong, you're supposed to be maternal. You're supposed to be motherly. You're supposed to be giving me mammy energy. Let's just name oh, it. Oh, for you sure. Know? We can name that. And so, yes. or whatever variation you know like essentially that is what she's that i think is what they're implying with this and i because she's repeating maternal did feel like uh no you have a role you're supposed to play in this group that like is a given older you're more experienced you're not many you're supposed to be queen kong you're the you're the one you're supposed to be nice to me i feel like that's like punishing mom for having feelings when the kids are out of line well yeah i mean it 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 also like suggests that you don't have yeah that you don't have feelings at all that you um i mean again it's such a such a stark contrast to what then queen's talking about getting ready for the performance where it's like i uh, i'm none of that right now all of that is a performance everything beverly is expecting of me is a performance right now yeah you know right absolutely the the idea also in it it also rubbed me the wrong way. It clearly rubbed Queen the wrong way. You know, not just the dangerous kind of words that she was saying, but also the idea of somebody telling you, oh, well, you're supposed to do this. Yeah. I thought you were this. Right. Is, it is such a level of manipulation where it's like, well, wait a second. Uh, I, don't, I, I, I don't have to be that. I'm not that. Yeah, and does Beverly have a supposed to that she's supposed right. to be, you know? Uh, it, it just, I, it, I was surprised they almost didn't explore this more, but maybe Queen didn't want to get into it with her in the workroom. But I felt like this was almost a, like part two of the conversation that she had with Hannah a couple weeks ago. Uh-huh. It was like, oh, this is like literally that happening in the moment. Yeah. It, I was like, ooh, and then Spanky, you know, she, you know, I think doing the best she can of like, all right, well, are you going to breathe? You got to get over this. Yeah. Uh, oh, I, I I love that moment. I, Spanky being that like shift manager at the restaurant, you know, who's mm, like shift manager. Yeah, you know, talking to someone in the back, you know, in the in the you know cold storage. It's tough because I also 
I don't know, when they were all kind of arguing at the table before they went to the mirrors later, was it Molly? I think it was, like, was it Molly or Spanky? was like, well, hey, this isn't going to affect our performance, right, Queen? And I'm just kind of like, you fucking dick. Yeah, I, it, it was, I mean, it must have been Spanky because they were in the same group together. But I also, you know, the, the shots of Spanky with her face in her hand, I also thought was, oh. I, I kind of, I mean... I don't know. I don't know what was. I feel like it was in response to Beverly because I really feel like Beverly was taking it to this like really weird place of like not only were you mean yesterday, like where is what I expect of a queen who looks like you? You know, it. You know what it reminded me of, and maybe it's because I just rewatched this movie, but it reminded me a little bit of Dogville. Oh, uh, which part? Or just like in- like it just reminded me of like. Uh, what is Nicole Kidman's character's name? But it's like, well, but you're supposed to do this, mm-hmm. right? Uh, now, well, now you have to be punished. Now you should do two shifts. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just kind of felt like I feel like Queen was getting getting more flack for this than she deserved. It was like Beverly, what the fuck? Yeah, it it was. It, I, I think you know ultimately the fact that it was not about what happened in the room, but like this, you know, yeah. Disciplining her behavior. Ex- yes. Expectation. Yeah. Of behavior, I think yes. that's where it kind of took a new level. Not just like, God, why right. were you so, why were you being such a jerk to me last, you know, yesterday? Yeah. I, sh- Beverly definitely could have made it like, Hey, why are you being a jerk to me? Yeah. Right. Cause really that situation, I mean, all it was was like, they were practicing their choreography in the workroom. And at least from what we saw, the other team was sitting on the other side of the room, smirking at them, laughing at them, and then patronizingly clapping for them. If I mm. were Beverly, I don't think I would react that differently. Right. But you get up and do it. Yeah. Dick. Right. Yeah. Right. Cause right. you know, you've been, you've been, you know, leading the pack from the middle this whole season queen. Why don't you show me who's boss? Mm. That's what I would have told her. Yeah, and then Beverly, but instead Beverly added this other layer, which made it, like, really kind of uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well. Well. <laughs> it wouldn't be Drag Race Down Under, you know? <laughs> oh, Mary. All right, well, let's get into it. I'm excited to kind of talk about the, like, just they edited Minnie out completely, it seemed. Uh, they had one little moment, and then uh, it was like Minnie was never there. I mean... Before we, you know, while we still have our free skate Marys, it just has to be said, the loss of Minnie Cooper this week. The season is over without Minnie Cooper. It like, oh God, was she so important to the like, the thing about this season. Congratulations to Beverly. Oh, we have it. Congratulations (laughs) to Beverly. Mary, I, I, I can't agree more. Uh, I mean, not only was the reading challenge just weird i think it was mostly because of like that camera angle thing that's going on but the reads were also pretty bad and then the girl group challenge i don't know i i will say this it it went down to the runway for me because everybody was fine in the girl group challenge i agree i agree i mean let's maybe let's get into it because i agree but uh we should get into it mary's we 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 really appreciate you listening, but before we go on, we're going to tell you what you're listening to, just in case you don't know. I feel like you forgot, because this is, of course, another episode of All Right, Mary. All Right, Mary. All Right, Mary. Which is, of course, our podcast dedicated to all things draggy, queen, campy, and queer. I'm Johnny, and why is your voice shaking, Beverly? And I'm Colin, and are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? 
Am I quoting tra Taxi Driver? No, I'm not. <laughs> well, I feel like you were projecting onto me. I might have been so. projecting. I might be projecting onto somebody. We'll we'll get into it. You know, once we uh, once we have our Patreon only skate, because indeed, free skaters. This is where we escort you off the rink, pizza spider rings, and whatnot. Maybe a bathroom break. But if you want to join us for the rest of this discussion, uh, patreon.com slash allrightmary. Live fast, eat ass. Couldn't have said it better myself. Tot scenes.